Uh, welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Jane Irrigation Training Series. I'm Richard Rastusha, Vice President of Water Management Solutions for Jane. And um, today we're going to be talking about selecting the best emission device for your tree crop. And at first, uh, you know, I think maybe, oh, how hard can this be? There's, uh, but there's actually quite a few good selections. And I've always seen this when I've seen a jet or a spinner or emission tubing, and I think, wow, I wonder what circumstances would lead me to use one product over another. And that's really what we're gonna solve today so that you can really evaluate what you're doing in the field and know the proper device to uh, select. And, uh, and taking us through that, um, that subject matter is uh, Kevin Stewart, who's the uh, Ag Sales Director for Jane Irrigation. Uh, Kevin's uh, somebody I've worked with now for a lot of years. Uh, he does a great job on these uh, lunch and learns. Uh, you've probably seen him before. Uh, he's a certified irrigation ag specialist. Um, and more importantly uh, for me with Kevin is he grew up in agriculture. He's lived agriculture. This has been his life and he really has a strong desire to uh, improve agriculture for people and to help people. And uh, so uh, certainly if you're a grower and you've got some questions, just about anything you're growing, uh, Kevin uh, is a good resource. If he doesn't have the answer, he'll, he'll definitely find it. So uh, Kevin, welcome. You know, I was looking at uh, some of our YouTube uh, statistics and your videos are definitely getting the most uh, play on YouTube of any of our videos. Uh, what, what, uh, what do you attribute that to? Well, thanks Richard, happy to be here. Um, I would say probably the biggest um, reason why you know, we're getting so much viewership is, you know, some of these topics, you know, I've, I've spent uh, a, a few episodes or series on hemp. And I know that that uh, always attracts, you know, a lot of people. It's, it's one of these crops that uh, not a lot of information about. And so I think people are kind of really gravitating towards uh, topics and content uh, where they can learn more about. There's no handbook really uh, to uh, help that out. But that's been a, you know, it's been a, a good um, opportunity for our business. And so, yeah, we wanted to share, you know, some of the successes and some of the pitfalls and things to avoid. Um, but yeah, I, I think just, you know, consistent, consistently providing good content for people to uh, consume, I think is really what uh, people are uh, gravitating towards. And video uh, is one of those. Yeah, certainly uh, we've seen on our uh, Jane YouTube channel, or you can you can view all of our uh, video trainings from our website. Just go to janesusa.com and and uh, search for the trainings. You'll see them all there. But you have uh, you've built quite a following there, and uh, yeah, the uh, the hemp video uh, in particular, your your first one you did is uh, is definitely leading uh, all the video uh, watches uh, by a lot. So uh, anyway, thank you again for joining us today, and. Uh, Let's get talking about um, emission devices for your tree cop. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Um, you know, this isn't rocket science, but it, it, if, if you've traveled uh, around the country and visited a number of, of different uh, groves or orchards, um, you've probably seen uh, double line drip, you've seen uh, micro sprinklers, you've seen jets. And I know I've always asked the question, you know, well, you know why this over that? And uh, my goal is in this presentation that we can kind of go through and, and, and dissect that a little bit and try and understand really what uh, 
what are the variables that go into uh, farmers, irrigation professionals, making uh, the right decision uh, to really, you know, put uh, just a great irrigation system together to optimize, uh, you know, peak yield and performance uh, for their crop. Kind of, you know, as a segue into that, I, I, I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about distribution uniformity and uh, what DU really means. Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, it's kind of a measure uh, for me when I think about it, I think, you know, how even am I applying water in a certain zone or a certain field. And so that's, uh, you know, it's kind of an evenness uh, factor for me on how evenly, uh, you know, water is, is really kind of spread. In this example, uh, just for a visual, I've got 12 trees, uh, a very simple uh, DU analysis. And uh, just looking at these 12 trees, you can see uh, the gallons per hour per tree. And uh, they're not all the same. And uh, you've got some that uh, are only putting out, you know, maybe as little as 6.3 gallons per hour per tree and, and, and others putting uh, as much as 9.5 gallons per hour per tree. And uh, I guess it begs the question, well, well, why, right? Why is not everything a little bit more even, a little bit more consistent? And uh, just in, in farming, things happen. And, and in this case, um, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the pressure wasn't quite dialed in uh, just right. Um, maybe on this, uh, this 6.3, uh, maybe there's some partial plugging of uh, an emission device, or maybe the stake wasn't um, upright 100%. Maybe it was leaned over a little bit and water wasn't getting applied directly to the tree. There's a number of reasons and things that can happen uh, that will offset and uh, kind of lower, I guess, the evenness of water applied uh, through, yes. a, through a specific crop. So Kevin, yes. Yeah, so it's not because they were uh, manufactured incorrectly. It's something that's happening after that a grower would have to troubleshoot. Yeah, I mean, good point. I mean, there, there could be some manufacturing variability. Um, somebody's uh, CV uh, could be off where, you know, you're, you know, from one emission device to the next, you know, maybe, maybe there, you know, was a small issue. Um, typically when we see this, it's, it's, it's usually, it's usually a pressure issue or it's a plugging issue. I, I think those are really kind of the two that really come to mind. And uh, so how you calculate this is you take the average of the low quarter and you divide it by the average of the total number of, of uh, in your sample. So just to make it easy, uh, we've got 12 samples here. So if I take the, uh, this is my low quarter, these, these three right here. If I take the average of these three, uh, and uh, which comes up to 7.7, and if I divide it by the average of the entire set, which comes out to 8.4, I get a 0.92. And that would be my DU. That would tell me that, uh, I, you know, 100 being perfect, that your water is, is completely evenly spread um, between these 12 trees. I'm, uh, I'm not quite at 100, but I'm above uh, 0.90. And so I'm doing pretty good. And uh, just to take it one step further, if you're trying to apply, say, one inch of water, and you divide that one inch by 0.92, because you, you've got a little bit of 
of, uh, you know, it's not 100% perfect. You're going to need to apply just a little bit more water than what you normally would. Um, your gross application rate would be 1.09. So that's just um, a very simple way to look at DU. And uh, I, I wanted to share that with the group as we kind of go in and we start talking about uniformity and uh, the different variabilities um, that, that play a factor in uniformity and uh, how we decide what, uh, what should be used. Yeah, so Kevin, this was a uh, really shocking slide uh, for me to see. Uh, first of all, um, I see a 6.3 to 9.5, a three gallon difference, a little bit more than three gallons. Uh, yet the whole installation, now we're only talking 12 trees, still has a DU of 0.92. I see lots of installations that have much lower DUs. And I think, man, how much water could we be wasting there? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I know ITRC uh, through Cal Poly has done a really good job. I know Fresno State and, and others, I'm, I'm just naming a couple uh, that have, uh, they've got these mobile labs where they, they've gone out and they've, they've tested uh, DUs um, kind of across the state. And uh, it's it, it's it's quite a it's quite a mix on what you see. Uh, I, I myself have uh, been involved where I, we've tested some DUs, and I've seen DUs as low as 0.3 um, in an old citrus grove, and we've seen DUs as high as 0.95 in uh, say a new vineyard operation, and in kind of everything in between. So yeah, there, there's there's definitely water to be saved and ways to improve um, how you apply that water. So, you know, why is this important? You know, how does it impact, uh, you know, a farmer, you know, somebody that has, uh, you know, say a crop of almonds or pistachios. We know that there's a direct relationship between uh, yield and DU and uh, the lower the DU, probably the chances are that you are going to either under irrigate or over irrigate. And just in this slide, we can, you can see the consequences. Um, this, uh, this DU, you can see where it, it intersects right here. It's got a DU of, uh, of a 0.67. And you can see what that has done to the potential yield of an almond crop. So by having a DU of a 0.67, you've lost 12 and percent of your yield potential um, just by under irrigating. And you can kind of see this trend line. It only gets worse. Um, on the other side, the other spectrum, if you over irrigate, uh, you can kind of see the same thing, not quite to the extent as an under irrigation, but you can see that you're losing some of your yield potential uh, on that. So, um, you know, a DU has real, um, you know, financial impacts to, you know, somebody's operation. And it, it really ought to be everyone's goal to, uh, you know, put a system in place, work with irrigation professionals, um, our valued, you know, partners, irrigation dealers to really um, that, that do this stuff day in and day out. Uh, I mean, they can really, uh, you know, lead growers in, in to really success and give them the best chance, uh, you know, to, to get a high DU. Uh, when, you, when you talk about DU, I, I can't help but just, you know, mentioning, and this is kind of an average, um, this is probably the low end of the average, but, you know, estimates show that uh, you can save, uh, you know, $1 per PSI per acre for every season. And uh, that may not seem like a whole lot, but, you know, we've seen systems that maybe have 20 pounds too much pressure 
that were just, you know, not designed correctly. If you take 20 pounds, right, you're saving $20 per acre per season. Uh, yeah, I mean, you take that over a thousand acres and you can do the math. These are real numbers. And if you look at, you know, us as an, you know, as a country, a nation, you know, there's probably plenty of room to improve and, and, you know, for people to save money and save energy. Yeah, certainly too, right? Um, you use that thousand acre example, $20,000, right? Uh, direct cost savings. It's uh, uh, extra 20,000 right in your pocket. Yep. So the reason we're all here uh, is to really try and understand what's going to be the best uh, emission device uh, to, to, to select that's going to give you, you know, the best uh, DU, the best uh, irrigation efficiency. And I wanted to kind of highlight three that we see in permanent crops um, in Florida, in California, Arizona, and other places. Uh, we see a lot of emitter line. Uh, and I'll just kind of refer to this as double line drip, just because that's kind of what we see the most of. Uh, there's micro sprinklers uh, as well. And then uh, there's jets. And so these are the three uh, that we'll focus on primarily. And we'll kind of walk through uh, some different, uh, different examples on this. Um, is, is we refer to these three, I just, I wanted to take a moment and highlight uh, the products that Jane Irrigation makes. And uh, our 2002 microsprinkler, uh, it's a pressure compensating microsprinkler that uh, is really mainly kind of an under tree um, sprinkler. It operates, you know, within a pretty wide uh, pressure rating, but, you know, somewhere in that 20 to 30 PSI um, is where it's, it's most commonly uh, used. Uh, it's got a very large uh, droplet size. It's got a, a good, uh, large, steady stream as well. And we'll talk about why that's important as we get into uh, um, what wind, you know, can do uh, as far as uh, spray losses and wind drifts. Um, and it's extremely clog resistant. Uh, moving into kind of the double line drip aspect of it, we, we have two products, Amnon and Top Drip, very similar uh, to one another. The, the, we, we've optimized the size with Top Drip, but it has really the basic functions uh, as, uh, as our Amnon, but you know, we're taking these discrete emitters and we're inserting them into high quality uh, polyethylene plastic tubing. And we will space these um, anywhere, and I'm, I'm kind of talking about, you know, for tree crops, anywhere from maybe as low as 18 inches and is, you know, maybe as high as 48 inches, but, uh, you know, 24, 30, 36, those are, you know, pretty common uh, spacings for us uh, in this. And then uh, lastly, uh, our Jane Jet, which is really a small plastic emission device that's mounted on a stake that really jettisons the water into the air in these individual separate um, streams of water. And so if you've got a 12 gallon per hour uh, flow rate, if you can just imagine 12 different one gallon per hour streams, you know, kind of coming out and uh, we've done that, they hit a splash plate and it creates, uh, you know, whatever pattern you really kind of want it, whether you're looking for a round pattern or a square or rectangular, um, we've, we've created a number of designs. Uh, we've created designs where you can kind of envelope water around a tree so it avoids hitting the, the trunk itself. So uh, those are kind of the three uh, emission devices I wanted to kind of focus on as we're kind of going through this. 
Yeah, very cool, Kevin. Uh, yeah, uh, the one where it um, doesn't hit the tree trunk. Uh, that was, I had somebody who saw that and said, oh man, we need to develop something that doesn't hit the trunk. Uh, already been there. So I, I have a question about the micro sprinkler though. Um, when you're ordering this, you order a sprinkler and then you have to order the tubing and the stake as well. I mean, this is uh, uh, for somebody ordering that, they're ordering all four pieces, is that correct? Pretty, I mean, if it's a new system, right, you're going to need a stake to mount it on and to, to fix it in to, into the ground. You know, you've got the microtubing and depending on, on kind of the feed, you know, whether you need 18 inches or 24 inches, and then that's going to, you know, tap into maybe a three quarter inch, uh, you know, polyethylene uh, tubing or a one inch tubing. So uh, yeah, it, it, if, I mean, we do get a lot of people that just you know, maybe they're looking to upgrade a system and, and replace maybe just uh, the heads alone. Uh, but in, in most cases, yeah, you're looking at, uh, you know, your stake, your, your spinner, your lead, uh, kind of all together. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, for the emitter line, I mean, that's sitting lots of times on top of the ground, right? Exposed to sun, things like that. Or is there any good warranty or anything with this product? Yeah, we have a 12-year warranty on the uh, on this product for environmental stress cracking. And so, yeah, we, uh, we take a lot of pride. We, we put only virgin material. Um, we source the best polyethylene resins uh, that we possibly can uh, get a hold of. And uh, that's what we use. And so we feel confident in offering a, a very generous 12-year uh, warranty on environmental stress cracking. Um, but yeah, we've taken all the precautions and measures to make sure that uh, this is a solid investment, you know, that it's not going to break down or de deteriorate after just a few years. Yeah, wow, that's a, that's a long time, especially considering the uh, conditions it's under. If, uh, if you've ever visited a grove, a citrus grove, Rich, I know you live in, in, in San Diego, and, uh, you know, there's some citrus uh, just you know, a little bit north of you, maybe maybe right kind of in that area too, but uh, or a pistachio or, or almond orchard, um, you're bound to have seen probably you know, different, you, maybe you see a double line drip or you see a stake, uh, a jet assembly, or, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a micro sprinkler. And uh, I know I have, and I, I've always, I always ask the question, you know, well, you know, why use this over that? And, uh, I've always kind of had a hard time really, you know, getting the answer to that. So that was part of the reason why we, we wanted to dig in and, and talk about this. And uh, these are all variables that need to be considered. And these aren't all of them. These are just some that I came up with. And we're going to talk about a number of these, but anywhere from uneven topography to, um, you know, the uniformity of a system to, you know, do you have cracking in the soil? You know, what kind of pressure do you have available? And uh, there's a whole host of things that really go into making sure that you have, uh, you know, selected the right uh, components to, to really, you know, work through any, any scenario or any, you know, of these variables um, that need to be considered. Uh, the first thing I wanted to kind of jump into is, uh, you know, looking at uniformity. And I it just, I kind of made a comparison here of uh, kind of a low capital cost system versus something um, you know, more of a high capital cost system. Uh, you're lo looking at 80 acres. You know, this has been designed to be one uh, 80 acre set versus uh, the one below is two 40 acre sets. And uh, you can see um, just the, based off the design, we're looking at a 0.83 DU 
versus a 0.90 DU. So right off the, the gate, right, we're looking at, uh, you know, big differences in uniformity on how evenly that water is spread. Um, and what that does to the gross amount of water that's needed, you can see that right out of the gate, you're gonna need just over 48 inches versus 44 inches. Um, their spray losses with a higher pressure system, um, you know, we're seeing as much as a 3% spray loss versus something where, you know, you're able to manage your pressure a little bit, you know, better. You've invested more into it, uh, but we're only seeing about maybe a 1% uh, uh, spray loss. So if you go through and you calculate the, uh, the cost per acre foot of, uh, you know, water, you know, the, the kilowatt uh, of energy that, that's needed, how much of that, and you kind of work through the numbers, you can see that you're looking at uh, the cost of water per acre feet of about $98 versus uh, 94. Um, you know, you look at that on an annual cost per acre and you can see that you're looking at $406 versus 361. So you're looking at about a $45 per acre per year savings. And I think that, that you know, per year is really important. You're probably gonna spend a little bit more to, to uh, add extra manifolds and make sure that you've got this designed correctly. But uh, in the end, uh, this is gonna pay dividends um, just because, I mean, you're, you're using a lot less pressure, your uniformity is gonna be a lot uh, increased. And so I just think it's important to point out um, that uh, you know, the lowest cost isn't always you know, the best option. And uh, in this case, you know, we're saving $45 per acre per year. That's amazing, Kevin, because again, if you use the thousand acre example, that's a significant amount of money, but, uh, or 100 or 10, I don't care what it is, it's, a, it's quite a bit of money. Uh, in comparison to what you're doing. And then the other thing, nobody's in the uh, tree crop business to be in it for just one year. You know, this is going to be over a ton of years, right? A lifetime, uh, maybe a, a family uh, lifetime. So uh, that's, uh, I'm really glad you pointed that out. That is a significant amount of money. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, uh, when considering uh, an irrigation system, it's important to understand what your length of run is going to be. How, how far do you want to put, um, if, if this is double line drip or sprinklers, you know, what the hydraulics are going to be and how far you're going to, you know, have your run length. And also what's really important is to understand your slope of the ground. So uh, from an emission uniformity, and we have a calculator on our Jane website that kind of works exactly through this. You want to stay uh, at or above a 90% EU. That really is kind of the, uh, the draw. If, uh, if, if you can't design a system, um, say a, a non-pressure compensating system, a non-PC, if, uh, if, if, if you can't get that done within say a 90% EU, um, at that point, you're probably gonna wanna consider switching to a pressure compensating uh, product. When I talk to irrigation designers, you know, they, they tell me that they try and work within kind of this five to six PSI pressure variation when they start seeing uh, variation, you know, much greater than that um, in a non-PC, right? That, that is a, a pretty good indicator uh, that you need to uh, probably switch to a PC uh, product. So with steep uh, slopes, uh, long run lengths, uh, probably a, a PC uh, double line drip, uh, emitter line would be a good option. Um, our sprinkler 
uh, our 2002 is a PC pressure compensating option. And we also have a PC jet uh, option. It's our PC smart jet. And so these are all really good options that if you see, say you're operating at 15 PSI, but as you're going down a slope, your pressure's doubled from 15 to 30. In a non-PC, that's really, uh, it's gonna create a real mess for your, your flow rate. You're probably gonna be off more than 30% on your flow. But with a PC option, um, your flow will not change, um, you know, as, as the pressure does. So uh, good, uh, good, good points to uh, try and uh, consider. And again, I've listed kind of below uh, some of the products that I think are really, you know, good options. I wanted to talk about soil wetted volume and kind of what that means. Um, in this example, this is an almond crop planted on 18 by 22 uh, feet uh, spacing. So 18 feet between, uh, these are your trees right here. So we've got 18 feet between, between trees and 22 feet between rows. And uh, you know, this is a mature, in this example, this would be a mature um, orchard with maybe 60% canopy. Um, and we're targeting a 60% wetted volume. Uh, in this example, we're on a fine sand. Uh, so we get about three feet of lateral movement just given the soil conditions. And we're on a pretty flat, we got less than 1%. And so, um, you know, this could be, uh, doesn't necessarily need to be a pressure compensating uh, uh, product. Um, on this, I just, I wanted to show if, and I, I'm giving the example of a single line drip. If we put this drip line kind of right down the center, it, it'd be just off a little bit from the tree. You're only gonna get really about a six foot wetted uh, diameter. And uh, the, the goal here is to really get out to about 17 feet. So you can see the six feet just isn't gonna cut it. Uh, we're gonna be under irrigating. We're not getting the soil wetted volume. We're only gonna be really at 27%. And again, 60% is the target. So this would be a clear indication that uh, single line drip in this scenario would not be a good option. Uh, when you look at maybe going to double line drip and you can see, again, I've got the trees and I've got, uh, I've got the drip lines kind of just off, uh, off from each tree. Um, again, same, uh, same uh, soil type. You know, we're looking at about a 12 foot wetted diameter. And so we're not quite to that 60% wetted volume, but we're at 54%. And so we're getting a lot closer. And, uh, you know, is this close enough? Well, in this case, with all of these situations, probably not. But in a lot of cases, it, it, it would be a good option if, uh, if our row spacing was a little bit closer. Um, maybe, you know, we had more trees per acre. Um, if this soil type, say, you know, wasn't a fine sand and maybe a, a silty loam, you know, we're going to get a little bit more lateral movement and chances are, you know, we probably could get to that 60% wetted volume. But in this case, with all of these variables, I think the best choice would really to be go with either a micro sprinkler or a jet. Um, you know, you look at all of these things we have uh, in this example, I just, you know, I picked our Jane jet with an A pattern. We have a 17 foot uh, wetted diameter. And so you can see that takes us out really, you know, edge to edge, giving us the amount of water and moisture that we need. If anything, it's giving us a little bit more than what we need. 
um, if you were to dig maybe a, a half a foot beyond, uh, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this block, you're going to find a little bit more moisture just with additional lateral movement uh, that we see. Um, if you were just to peel back the soil a little bit, you would see, um, you know, more moisture. So depending on the soil type, you'll see a little bit of additional uh, lateral movement. But for this example, I think this would be a good option. And it kind of, it checks the box and covers everything that we really want to be at. And it gives us that 60% wetted volume. So uh, given these scenarios, uh, a microsprinkler or a jet would be the best option. And in this case, Kevin, if I'm understanding it correctly, uh, the fact that it's fine sand really restricts the uh, uh, vertical or horizontal movement in the uh, in the ground, and that's why this, uh, in this case, microsprinkler or jet makes the best uh, uh, solution. Correct. Right. If it was a heavier ground, uh, there's no reason why a double line drip uh, wouldn't do just fine. But yeah, where you're in a fine sand, and if it was even a more coarse of a sand, you would have, you know, more uh, difficult uh, lateral or horizontal movement of the water through the uh, through the profile. Yeah. Now we have another question coming in, and it's well, if this was a new orchard, not a mature tree, like you mentioned, um, I would the trees be any closer together? Would that change anything here, or are you planning for the future? Well, and, and, and you need to kind of plan for the future, but yeah, you you know your your targeted wetted volume would probably be less, um, and uh, and. Yeah, so it, uh, but I mean, so you would need to look at that, but also think, okay, down the road, you know, maybe I don't need to get, maybe I can be at a 30% wetted volume and not 60. Um, and I will, this, I mean, this is all kind of, you know, on paper. I, I think the best thing to do is really get out in the field, turn a system on, see what it looks like, see how far the water is moving, you know, work with uh, an irrigation dealer uh, to kind of help you through this. Um, I, I do know that in Western arid uh, environments, I think 60% is a, is a pretty, for mature orchards, I think a pretty um, standard target. Um, if things are a little bit closer, I think, you know, this number is going to go down. If you're in more humid areas, uh, say on the East Coast, um, in, in a lot of cases, this might get cut in half. So it, it's not always, it doesn't always have to be a 60% you know, wetted volume. Uh, in this case, I'm just giving that example. So uh, other variables, you know, would go into that, the size of the orchard, uh, row spacing, uh, and, and where it's located. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, frost protection. If, uh, you know, this is always a concern and, and uh, you know, trying to understand, you know, when should I turn on uh, you know, my sprinkler, if I'm using a micro sprinkler to try and raise that ambient air temperature by a couple degrees, uh, you know, that turn on temperature really varies. And it varies uh, depending on wind speed, it varies depending on dew point, and really the air, um, the air temperature. So um, if the cooling rate uh, is less than two degrees Fahrenheit per hour, and if, if your dew point is really um, you know, kind of in the upper 20s, you can probably safely turn that system on right at about 32 degrees. And again, you're going to save yourself about two degrees uh, as a buffer. I will say if the cooling rate is greater than two degrees per hour Fahrenheit, 
And if the dew point is much less, if it's in the teens, you're definitely gonna wanna turn that micro sprinkler system on sooner. You're gonna wanna be turning it on at about 34 degrees or, or maybe even sooner than that. So uh, these are all ways that you can buy yourself a little bit of, uh, of uh, insurance on trying to buffer this by about two degrees. So, um, you know, applying this water under the plants um, is, is more beneficial than trying to, you know, spread as much water out, maybe into the, the middle of the row as well. So I think a, a more um, focused application and um, yeah, you're gonna wanna run your sprinklers really, um, you know, as high as they possibly can. You're gonna wanna try and put as much water uh, out there as possible and run that, um, you know, either before it becomes a problem or, you know, kind of depending on the situation, you know, right at 32 degrees. If, if you're looking at a, a more severe frost issue that's going to be above and beyond what a micro sprinkler or a jet uh, can handle, you might want to consider other options as well. Maybe an overhead irrigation system where you're actually trying to encapsulate, you know, the bud and, and you know, parts of the, uh, the tree in ice. And that's, that's kind of a whole nother, you know, probably a whole nother presentation in itself. And there's wind machines and helicopters and, and, and different things you can do to try and mitigate uh, frost and try and, you know, heat, uh, heat that up. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, definitely something. So if, if this is a, a real issue, you're going to want to make sure you have some type of a micro sprinkler or jet uh, in place. If, if you don't, um, you know, you really could risk uh, damage to your crop in uh, loss in yield. Yeah, so Kevin, doesn't uh, Jane Logic has a uh, frost alert in it, right? You can set, is that right? It, it does, I, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was going to talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, we've invested in technology that will alert growers uh, to things such as just that. So it'll uh, give a, a good indication um, that there could be a problem and you need to start your system up. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of many things that uh, Jane Logic and our Jane Water Management Services um, organization uh, will, uh, will do. And I'll touch on that here in just a little bit. Okay, great. And then we have a question from our audience and uh, someone's asking, do you actually spray the plants with the water um, when you uh, turn on the sprinklers? Not, not on the under tree micro sprinklers you're not spraying the plants you're, you're you're spraying the ground and it's radiating heat and raising that temperature by a couple degrees um, there, there is a whole other concept on frost protection where you are spraying the plants and uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of information on that for this presentation but um, we've got three products that really are, are meant to spray the plants and and again encapsulate it with ice and protect it and yeah, that's kind of a whole separate um, topic in itself. Yeah, I know, Kevin, you've said we need to do a whole session on frost protection, and uh, it's becoming obvious we need to, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, this, is, uh, this is just a, an example of maybe an extreme issue of, of, of soil cracking. And uh, just to kind of explain how soils crack, um, you know, in a dry season, as the, the profile dries out, um, you know, cracking is kind of a result of expansion and contraction. So when you irrigate, you know, soils, you're hydrating that and, uh, you know, the water kind of works its way in 
you know, through these uh, silicate sheets, causing them to expand. Uh, the same thing when you pull water back and it dries up, uh, these silicate sheets uh, tend to contract and they'll shrink. And that's what you see with cracking. This expansion and contraction is really what causes uh, to soil cracking. If you can imagine um, if this, you know, was right on the bed or you were trying to irrigate over this, what this would look like. I don't, I don't care if it's single line drip or double line drip, you're gonna have a hard time subbing water uh, uniformly through it. Um, somebody I work with had mentioned they, they saw something, probably not quite to this extreme, but uh, you know, there was a mitter right next to a crack and it was just, the water was just you know, kind of following the path of least resistance and going straight down uh, and just you know, kind of a deep percolation through the profile and not moving out. So if you have, uh, if you have cracking in your soil, uh, you, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you consider a micro irrigation system or a jet uh, as a way to better distribute that water. And not only are you going to be able to push your water out further, but it will uh, help kind of seal off some of these and, and sort of remedy uh, that soil. I will say if, if this is happening in the middles in between um, your trees, uh, planting a cover crop uh, in there to help rebuild the soil, um, you know, is probably a good option. You're going to need to have irrigation. So maybe a full coverage sprinkler or um, a micro sprinkler that, you know, can get enough water. Uh, to keep uh, keep that crop alive. Uh, wind and spray losses, you know, we, we know that wind impacts sprinklers when it blows. We, we probably, everyone, you know, on this call has probably seen an example, whether you're standing in your backyard or you're in a field and, and you see sprinklers running on a windy day, and you're just wondering how efficient can this really be? So, um, you know, we call this wind drift, we call it spray losses. And there's two factors that can really, um, you know, affect how bad this really would be. Uh, in a micro irrigation system, the size of the water droplets are, are really important. Uh, the larger the droplet size, the less impact you're going to have. Uh, the second would be the size of the water stream itself. And if it really, you know, if it hits a deflector or if it's just a straight steady stream. So those are things to consider uh, on that. Uh, we know that higher pressure irrigation systems could have higher uh, losses. Uh, we've we've seen uh, we've we've seen examples of that. So um, yeah, if you've got really if you've got a, an area where you've got heavy heavy winds, um, you know you may want to avoid micro sprinklers all altogether and maybe just have a double line drip system and not worry about that at all. Uh, and again, I've I've listed a few options down below. Uh, our Amnon and Top Drip are, are great options. Uh, our 2002 uh, uh, would be another good option as well. Uh, you talk about cover crop and uh, really a full coverage sprinkler um, is probably the best option on something like this. Uh, a micro sprinkler could work um, as long as you, you understand that you know, your uniformity is not gonna be great. So you don't wanna be trying to grow something. You don't wanna double crop something and be growing something that's of high value in between and using a micro sprinkler to, um, to irrigate that, you're probably not going to be happy with the results. But if you're just trying to grow a grass or if you're trying to keep dust suppression, um, I, I think a micro sprinkler, especially you know, if you've got tighter row spacing, um, we've seen some of our micro sprinklers, you're not getting head to head coverage, but you are getting 
um, you know, quite a, you're getting quite a bit of water out into the middles uh, of, of those rows. Um, we do have a plastic impact sprinkler, our 5022, uh, that's a good option. We have our mini revolver uh, that has good low angle options as well. Um, so uh, just wanted to uh, kind of mention, uh, mention that when you're looking about cover crop and uh, whether you need a, a micro sprinkler or a full coverage sprinkler. Um, is we kind of, I want to focus on just three crops real quick. Uh, almonds, we typically, we see, you know, a lot of double line drip in the southern part of California. Um, we see a lot of micro irrigation systems, a lot of micro sprinklers and jets uh, in the northern part. I mean, we, we see them all over, but if you were to, you know, kind of look, it seems like for whatever reason, we, you know, there's more micro sprinklers maybe in the Sacramento Valley and there's more drip. Uh, maybe in Kern uh, County. Uh, again, the factors that we've talked about, soil wetted volume, uh, the, the cost, you're gonna spend a little bit more on a, on a double line drip system. There's just more plastic involved, but the labor to install uh, maybe a jet or a micro sprinkler might, uh, might be a little bit more when you factor in all the different costs and the labor uh, involved. So uh, some people, it goes down to preference if they've always used double line drip and they're expanding into a new field, um, they may just say, this is my comfort level and I want to continue using, you know, two lines of, 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 of drip hose versus using a sprinkler or a jet. Um, but uh, all three are really, really great options. We do see a combination of uh, kind of a dual system in some cases where you have double line uh, drip and you also have a micro sprinkler or a jet. And uh, that would be in the case to you know, use the double line to really irrigate the crop and maybe use the micro sprinkler um, to irrigate uh, the middles or to prevent uh, against uh, frost. And so we see a little bit of that as well. So uh, Kevin, um, all things considered, labor, product, all three of these products are going to be very similar in costs per acre. Um, yeah. Probably close. You might spend a little bit more on a micro irrigation system. Just and if you're thinking, not just in year one, but you know, just the cost to to maintain those. You know, sometimes stakes will fall over, or they're not. They won't be completely right side up. Um, so just the maintenance on them. You have moving parts. I would say you're probably going to spend you know a little bit more on a on a micro sprinkler system than you would on a, a double line drip everything That's, yeah it's great to hear because oftentimes you know the economics of the installation and the product originally way it's a it's a factor right it's a factor for everybody so it's it's glad to you know i'm glad to see it's um, such a small percentage that it kind of comes out of the uh, the equation right right uh just talking quickly about pistachios you know this crop is, is really grown on about 36 to 40 inches of water in the southern part of California. Um, they really um, don't like too much of a saturated soil. They kind of have wet feet, if you will. Uh, they have a decent tolerance to salt. And so you don't need to spend the time with a micro sprinkler on trying to leach uh, those salts uh, away from the plant. Um, so with an average ET rate of say 0.25 inches per day, uh, we've really uh, targeted about six gallons per hour per tree and you can see there's a number of ways uh, you could put 12 half gallon per hour 
uh, of our click tip, our little button emitters uh, out there, maybe you know six on each side, or you could bump up to a one gallon per hour and maybe go three on each side. Or in some cases, we'll see um, growers go with uh, two gallon per hours and they will uh, put out an extra set of uh, drip line and they'll kind of triangulate uh, these emitters and they'll offset them a little bit so that they'll be staggered kind of in a, a, a triangle type uh, uh, fashion. So we there's, there's a number of ways, but this really has, these button emitters have really been kind of the main um, application for pistachios. We rarely see uh, micro sprinklers uh, put in. We sometimes see uh, inline double line drip, um, but uh, when you're trying to get to you know good, better, best, uh, probably you know, these button emitters really seem to, I mean, they seem to be what everyone wants, and that's that's really been really the preferred preferred option. Kevin, in these uh, these um, ag applications, is there ever really a need to go subsurface? Uh, in some cases, yeah. Um, they, uh, when it comes to harvesting, sometimes it would be a lot nicer to have the, the drip line out of the way and have it buried. Uh, there's been research that is shown on that. I, I think you know my biggest issue with subsurface on drip is just uh, you know battling you know some of the issues you know below the soil profile you know dealing with insects or or uh, or you know maybe uh, soil ingestion or root intrusion, you know, trying to get that, get that placed at the right place to where you're, you're not really, you know, combating the, the roots that are under, I mean, especially almonds with a, you know, kind of a shallow root and, and a, a very fibrous root. Um, you know, you kind of worry about that. And as you're injecting it in, right, are you going to damage? I, there's a lot of things. I, I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I, I, I think there's been a lot of people that have been successful at making it work. Um, it, it, I think it's still, there's some things that need to be uh, kind of ironed out on it, but yeah, it's a good question. Uh, looking at citrus, uh, very, very uh, uh, sensitive to salinity. Uh, you're probably gonna use more water than just your standard ET requirement to manage your salts. Uh, very common for us to uh, have a 10 gallon per hour micro sprinkler or jet uh, out there, typically one per tree. And uh, again, one of the main benefits on this is it's going to raise the ambient air temperature by about two degrees. So, and again, I've listed uh, just a few, uh, few products down here at the bottom. Um, I love this slide. I, I've, I've heard this a number of times that if growers could really see what's going on below the soil profile as much as they could see what's happening above, you know, they'd probably spend more time, you know, considering uh, you know, the water movement and how you're uh, managing your nutrients in that root zone. And uh, our Jane Water Management Services team, uh, that's exactly what they do. This is, uh, it's a new service for us that we're offering. Uh, we've had uh, great feedback. Uh, we've had a number of growers that have signed up for it. Um, you know, we're still, uh, looking to grow um, that part of our business um, with our current state-of-the-art uh, products that we have to really manage um, ET, to manage your salinity, to manage uh, uh, your infiltration and really understand kind of what's going on below uh, the soil profile. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, a great, uh, it's a great service. Uh, we've offered a, a really a money-back guarantee 
on this. If you're not happy at the end of the season with how things uh, have turned out, um, we'll work, we'll, we'll make it right. We'll work it out and to, to make sure that you are happy. Uh, if that means refunding uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the money, then, uh, um, you know, that's something that we would do. So, you know, through our various reports, you can see that uh, we're able to pinpoint water consumption. You know, we can look at how water infiltrates through the soil. Um, just, we can really take a good grower and make them great uh, when it comes to managing everything below the soil uh, on this. So if you're interested in this, please reach out to me. Um, I've uh, listed my uh, contact information, uh, my email address, my phone number. Uh, certainly be willing to uh, talk with you about how you, you know, can get set up uh, with this service and point you in the right direction. Uh, we have a whole team staffed uh, to really kind of take on uh, this part of our business. So I appreciate the time, Richard, and uh, thanks for the opportunity and uh, hope that we answered most of the questions that came in. And uh, if anyone you know, if we didn't, uh, please reach out to me directly. I'd be more than happy to uh, take any of these things offline. So thanks, Richard. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. And I was thinking about that guarantee. Um, that's probably why we've got, uh, I see all the leads that come through the website on the uh, water management services. So uh, probably the reason why so many people are inquiring or one of the reasons why, that's for sure. It's a, it's a great service and um, uh, quite a commitment from Jane behind it. So anyway, Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, you really cleared this up for me, uh, pointed out some really important factors to look at when I'm selecting what's right for my, uh, my orchard. So uh, thanks for doing this as usual. You did a great job. I wanna thank everybody who uh, checked in with us today. Thanks for spending your lunchtime with us. We really appreciate it. And um, listen, uh, uh, remember all our trainings are at jamesusa.com under trainings. We're also on uh, YouTube on the Jane Irrigation training page there, as well as uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can listen to us uh, there as well as, few, uh, as well as a few others. So again, thanks everybody. I uh, hope everybody has a nice weekend and we'll see you back here uh, next week. Thank, Thank you. you.